0: welcome to positive talk radio our goal is simple to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time so stay with us and right now we present and welcome to the show everybody are you a mother i know that most at least half of you are or almost half if you're a mom and you're feeling like you're, it's It's hard to get out it's hard to meet other people it's hard to meet other women who are also moms and are in the same boat you're in and you really feel like you need an outlet other than what your husband or your kids provide and even if dare I say it you want to be away from your kids for a moment or two um that's perfectly okay because after all you have to take care of you first uh that's that's a big thing and we've got a guest here who has made it her life's work and mission. To take care of the moms among us and um and to help them and she's got a group that she's formed that I was impressed it 's over a hundred thousand moms and some dads strong, and it's all about well we'll talk about that in just a second. Her name is Jenna Levine Lou, right
1: correct
0: hey you awesome. have it and she is the founder and head bottle washer of a group called uh six cool moms and if you want to follow along you can go to i believe at six coolmoms.com um no coolmomsusa.com and you six can school
1: moms.com will take you there
0: okay so you've got multiple places and multiple ways to get there
1: it, well honestly My company name is Cool Moms LLC. So when I first launched before I was Six Cool Moms, I got the the domain name Cool Moms USA. And when I landed on the name, I kind of didn't want to set up a whole new website. So I just had that domain forwarded to Cool Moms USA. So it all goes to the same place.
0: Oh, very nice. Now, is there a reason why... Is it because of the domain, how that works, that there are two X's in six?
1: No. So there is there is a story behind that. Huh,
0: there is and there's, a... two,
1: there's two stories. I can tell you the story that I sometimes tell publicly, or I can tell you the true story. Which one do you want to hear?
0: Well, you know, the truth will set you free.
1: So... Uh, when i first started my company uh one of the important things that i discussed with my ip lawyer was trademarking because it's very important in today's day and age to be able to trademark your name to have that sort of protection my company named cool mom llc you can't trademark that you can't register that it's too generic Words, cool moms and it's also a you know the quote from Mean Girls, so it's you know it's it's public domain. I, I can't trademark that. So she's like, you can't trademark that. And I was like, well, what if I put a six in front of it because there were six of us at the first meetup? And she says, no, that won't work either because six is generic of a, <laughs> of a word. And so I said, what if I threw an extra X on it? And she says, yeah, that'll work. And I said, okay, we'll say you know it's a the secret between the six of us or it's the extra x for the female chromosome but in reality the extra x is so i can get a trademark (laughs) and so that's how i how the company name came to be
0: oh the fake story might be a lot more entertaining but uh that's that's okay uh but so I, i let's go back how long have you been doing this
1: so i launched in march of 2020 two weeks before the pandemic but i started my first group when I was six months pregnant, which was July of 2019.
0: And the purpose of the group as stated is as according to your website, it's six cool moms was created to build a tight knit community of fun moms and moms to be in the different communities across the country. And, uh, you've got, um, you have done a little bit of that. You know, little like a little 40 some 48 48 chapters across 25 states states. oh there are there are some states that you haven't got to yet you've been to washington and so that's Mm -hmm. which is where i am so that's that's really good and but there is so much potential here what was your initial motivation were you suffering postpartum depression and wanted to talk to other moms So
1: actually, I was still pregnant. So uh, most of my friends at the time lived in northern Virginia, which where I am is about 45 minutes distance driving. When you're single, you can pop over for brunch. You can do whatever. You can meet halfway. It's really kind of not that big of a deal. When you have a kid, it becomes a little bit more of a challenge to pack up the car, go to brunch. And then sometimes you just got to leave because the kid's like, you know, I'm not ready for brunch like you may be, but I want to go home. So I realized that I needed a support system of mom friends that were close to where I lived. So I like to say what I do when any like basic suburban mom does. And I joined a bunch of mom's Facebook groups. And I went to full panic mode, because the vibe of a lot of these groups it wasn't meetup groups. And if they were, it was very playdate focused. So everything was very kid focused. And the groups were a little negative. It was a lot of parent shaming, a lot of Talk about organic baby food, and, like just being nasty about how other people parent their kids, and I, I panicked. I was like, I, "This is not what I want motherhood to be. I don't want to be a mommy. I don't want to talk about organic baby food and cloth diapers. It's just like, not me." So I started my own group, which was funny because I didn't have a kid, so I had no idea what being a mom was like. And it was. A- Blew me away.
0: To find out,
1: God, you know when they tell you um, you don't know how hard it is until you're there, and people who don't have kids or are pregnant are like, "I hate when people say that." No, you have no idea. Once you're in it, (laughs) it's like it's 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 a it's a whole shebang. Especially my daughter's three. We're in what I call the trenches. These years are very very difficult, especially on women because your hormones are still balancing from. Carrying a child for nine months, giving birth, and then all the emotion of breastfeeding, not you know, not breastfeeding, weaning, daycare, maybe going back to work, maybe choosing to be a stay-at-home mom. There's just a lot of pressure and a lot of change, and you really don't know what that's like until you're in it. And so when I started my group, I just wanted to make friends. But once I actually had my child, I started to be pretty open and honest about my experiences. I suffered from postpartum, prepartum depression and postpartum depression. And I felt like people weren't really talking about it. They're talking a little, a little bit more about it now. But a couple of years ago, it was still like a dirty word. Yep. And I remember being in a mom's support group. And I was the only one that admitted that I was struggling And I knew others were struggling, but nobody wanted to admit that they were struggling. Like somehow having depression or being overwhelmed with the experience of motherhood was embarrassing, was shameful. And now that's not okay. (laughs) And so I was like, I'm gonna change that. And so I started being really honest and saying, listen, my daughter is a perfect angel baby princess. But it's really, really hard. And some days I don't want a mom. I don't want to be a wife. It doesn't always feel natural. It's a lot of hard work to do these things. And the more I started being open and honest about who I was and the struggles and being pretty authentic about the experience, people were really gravitating towards that. And they were saying, Yeah, me too. I this this sucks. <laughs> like this is not, this is not what I thought this would be. Like you see the commercials, it's all beautiful, and oh, I'm kissing my baby and Nobody talks about, you know, when you're like, you know, awake at night, doom scrolling on your phone, looking for other moms on Reddit who are like, why did I have a baby? I don't know if I should have done this. This feels bad. But but that's the reality what it is. It's a really emotional experience. And we feel like we're embarrassed to talk about it. And so I did that. There was one particular story that's not like a not safe for radio. So I'm not going to like give it to you. But I I told my truth and it took off like people were inviting their friends everyone was talking about us they were saying this group is really funny um you have to join this group it's not you know your traditional mom's group and at the time i was working for fox 5 in dc doing their political advertising so i was not in a social media job i worked in you know politics i liked it i had no intention of leaving But people were asking um, about advertising because the word of mouth advertising that you can get from these moms groups is invaluable. It's if people work the system right, you can build your whole business just by making those connections. So people start to ask me about advertising. And I did it for free for a while because it was a conflict of interest since I worked for, um, you know, Fox in an advertising capacity. But people kept asking and it was getting time consuming. So I started to charge a little bit. And they were paying. And then I started to charge a little bit more and they were still paying. So I had this light bulb moment where I thought, well, this one group is one thing. If I had a whole network of these groups, well now we're talking about national advertising dollars and I think I have a really good idea. So I reached out to a couple of friends that I had in different markets across the country. Uh, one of them was Skagit. <laughs> I reached out to a friend I have there. I went to high school with her, um, California, uh, Northern and Central New Jersey. Riverside, California, and Los Angeles. And I said, you know, I'll give you 20% of the advertising. Let's do this together. And a bunch of them said yes. And that was March of 2020. My goal was actually to be an in-person sort of event platform. I wanted to get moms together. I wanted people to meet up and then bring those friendships back to the Facebook group, right? Because if we have their eyeballs, then we get the advertising. But we really want them to make friends and take it offline, right? We want... The community aspect, you have to be in person. Online was great for the pandemic, but the in-person interaction, that connection, the empathy that you get when you're looking at somebody, that was really what I was looking for. Launched my LLC two weeks later, (laughs) it was March 15th. And I was like, oh my God, what are we gonna do? But unfortunately, COVID was absolutely Terrible! It was a terrible experience for so many people. Oh. I have nothing positive to say about it. But the silver lining for me is that moms were home, virtual learning with their children, oftentimes working full-time jobs, um, not being able to leave, being totally isolated, staring at screens all day. And they were like, oh, my God, this is a true and utter nightmare. I feel very much alone. And so we blew up. People were coming to us and droves. New groups were starting. People were looking for community, looking for an outlet, looking for somebody to say, yeah, this sucks. My kid sucks today. I don't want to do this right now. Like, this is just an awful experience. And also just watching people dying the way they were dying in the beginning, the collective fear and trauma people, it bonds people and and it really did bond people with us. And now that, you know, the pandemic is not over, right. It's still out there, but obviously things are loosened up. People are going back out into the world. The events are picking back up and we're seeing the beauty of people who have talked online for two years and kind of know each other, actually meeting in person and forming these friendships. And it's, So hard to make friends, genuine friends, people who understand you and can see you and want to do the same things that you do. And once you get a friend who likes the same terrible movies you like, you know, (laughs) likes pineapple on their pizza, which I do, but like everyone gives me shit for it. I don't understand. I don't know if I could curse on your show. You could believe it (laughs) out. I don't understand why. I was like, pineapple on your pizza is delicious. Let me live my life. But that kind of thing, finding people with common interest. You know, finding people who don't want their entire identity to be about being a mom, because mine's not. My name is Jenna Levine Liu, and I am my own person. I am Poppy's mother. I am Christian's wife, but I am not exclusively either of those two things. And I think in order to be a good parent, you need to have a good sense of self and a good identity of yourself.
0: Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And it starts with that fateful day. When you and your significant other decide that, uh, wow, well, you got nothing else to do, let's uh, let's go have a moment. And so you go have a moment, and then two weeks later or three weeks later, you uh, you find that this little thing that you just um, went wheedle on is now blue, and so and it starts there because you know I've never been pregnant. I have to say,
1: yeah, Kevin, you haven't. Have you uh, tried? I don't think you've tried hard enough.
0: Apparently, I haven't tried hard enough. But I have my wife was pregnant a couple of times and we did have a couple of boys and they were nine pounders. I tell you what a, what goes on with a woman's body during the course of that nine months is nothing short of frightening. I can't imagine going through all of that. And then uh, (laughs) the day my wife went into labor with our first son, um, I came home because she called me and I came home. And she looked at me with terror in her eyes about what in the hell is my body about to go through, you know, 24 hours or whatever. And uh, it turned out to be an easy pregnancy. She did it without any medication, which I found to be just.
1: Not all heroes were a case, Kevin.
0: (laughs) That's exactly right. I
1: was. was doped up to my gills i was yeah. not here to be a hero i went into the hospital and asked for an epidural and they're like you're not in labor yet i said i don't care i'm joking i'll ingest but i do remember that when they said okay it's time to start pushing and i said are you sure <laughs> and i started like shaking i was like oh my god because when you like there's no turning back this is the reality of what you have to do and at the moment i remember thinking wow like women everywhere it's time like, you know, unless you're getting a C-section, but if you're you're doing um uh, vaginal birth, that okay, it's time to start pushing. Does everybody just go, I, I don't wanna? <laughs> I just, can we,
0: can we, can, we, it we can we schedule this for Tuesday. I just doesn't don't feel like it today. Yeah, no, my, my my wife was very much that way in that because when you've never gone through something, you don't have any idea what it's going to require. Or what to what to push or what not you know and all that kind of stuff, and so it, it it's a, it's a major deal. And then did she forget? Huh?
1: Did she forget?
0: She she, she did. That's why we had two. Um, <laughs> she and they were three years apart. But uh, she she pretty much forgot. Well, see, it wasn't as bad for her because she didn't go. She didn't feel like she had that medication and all that kind of stuff. The tough part for her was after the babies were born and then being the mom and really delving into being a really good mom and and that kind of stuff she had nobody that was around her that had children of the same age for her to sit or, right. sit with and talk about and say so what do you do when the di- when the when the kids got a diaper and you're holding him in your arm and he has diarrhea and now you have shit dripping down your elbow to the ground and you're in Albertsons. What do you do? (laughs) You know, because there was nobody around to, to tell her it's okay. I'm so
1: sorry. She had that experience.
0: Well, that's what happens when you have a kid and you feed him the wrong thing at the wrong time. Uh, but
1: (laughs) yeah, that is true
0: you know so but that i mean that's that's all part of life but when you don't have which is why i'm so committed i and we haven't known each other long what what about 30 minutes or so i, so
1: I know we it's been a lifetime
0: i am so committed to supporting you your work and the moms out there so that they can get together my um my son's wife uh, which would make her my daughter-in-law by the way uh, um, <laughs>
1: you're, like, you're like i don't see her that way though
0: yeah no and she had she they got pregnant over beer and video games and uh um they weren't married but they decided to get married and that kind of thing but she had postpartum depression uh, they've had their, their child is on the spectrum and stuff oh, so it hasn't been easy for them and to navigate through this and she he's in the air force they were in uh tokyo and now they're in london and so she doesn't have the support network that a young mother needs to to navigate through all this stuff that, that happens when, when you've got a baby, then a toddler and, and you, are you doing the right thing? Are you disciplining the right way? Are they eating the right, you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. that's why your group is so vital because you provide an outlet for people to get together and laugh a little bit, have a glass of wine and think about what they're, they're doing. And, and, understand that they're not alone this has happened before this happens to people all over the planet all the time but nobody recognizes that, Does that make or sense?
1: as or as um somebody once told me when i was like i'm really nervous about giving birth and the line is you know women have been squatting in fields for years get over it you'll be all right
0: <laughs> oh that you know I, i've heard that too and it's like oh sure that's easy to say yeah i I'm, I was with my wife when she was going through that. I wanted nothing to do with anything below her shoulders at that point. I, you know, because yeah, hard.
1: they asked me if I wanted a mirror, and I was like, "No, I'm all set. I don't need to see it. I, I feel it. I don't need to see it."
0: Yeah, and when you when you go through that, and then you've, and then you don't, you know, it's kind of like if you were going to do like a marathon. And it was going to be a real, you train for the marathon. You do that. And then you go run the marathon. Then you can have like a week off to just relax and enjoy yourself. It doesn't work like no. that.
1: No, And then you hit a point and, you know, every woman feels this way. if they say that they don't, they're liars, but you get to a point where, you know, all the balloons have deflated and all the meals stop coming over and you you have this baby and you're like, Oh, oh, this is permanent. Like I have this baby and it's not all the attention and the beauty and then you actually have a baby and and people will stop coming around and you have to figure that out. And, And that's the hard part because the fantasy of what it's like to have a child and the reality of it are two very, very different things. And if you don't set yourself up for success, it can be very hard in the back end to do it.
0: I got a perfect example about that. You know, when uh, you have a baby and they bring them to you, and it's like uh you're gonna suckle the, and the baby's gonna suckle at your breast, and it's gonna be a rewarding, <laughs> it's gonna be a great experience for you, and it's gonna be a bonding time for you and the little one. Um our second son was what I would like to call a heavy sucker. And it's <laughs> so
1: rip that nipple clean off, huh?
0: After about two weeks, she was like she started literally crying when it was time to feed the baby. And, but nobody told her that there are devices that you can use to make it a lot easier for you because she didn't have the support group that was necessary. So, like, I suspect that there are moms that are in your group that said, oh, honey, I remember when that happened and, and it, was, it was hard for me and this is what I did to to be able to make it so that it wasn't horrible and that's that's why your group is so important to me
1: and i actually i actively chose not to breastfeed i never tried i knew i wasn't going to i from the very beginning i was i i chose not to and they don't tell you about that either because your milk still comes in (laughs) so you My boobs swelled up. I had like triple D, giant, rock hard, porn star boobs with like veins, and it was the most painful experience. It was way more painful than giving birth, and you can't express because then you're just going to keep producing. So you just have to wait until it goes away. It is is a brutal experience, but nobody told me about that. And the reason I chose not to breastfeed is that because I had prepartum depression. So I knew I was pregnant probably a week before. I realistically should have because I instantly just didn't feel right. I felt sad and helpless, which is not something I was normally used to feeling. So it was really strange for me. I was like, what is this? And I was pregnant. And I was like, cool. And so my first trimester, I was so depressed. I could not find joy in the fact that I was pregnant. I talked to my doctor and they were just like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it'd be like that. And they gave me the name of a therapist who costs $500 an hour and doesn't take insurance and a support group that meets on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. And I had a full-time job. And I was like, thanks for nothing, guys. And second trimester, I was okay, but I, I, like, a light switch to the day, I was fine. But I knew that I would have the uh, predisposition for postpartum depression. So because I knew that, and I knew that I didn't want this experience to be super, super miserable. I did a couple of things, which was I wasn't going to breastfeed. So that way I knew I could, you know, pass my baby off to my husband and he could right. feed feed her formula that it wouldn't have to be attached to me in a way that would be overwhelming if I needed to take a break, which I, I needed to take a lot of breaks. So I did that. We got a night nanny, which I took a lot of heat for because people somehow think that you should be a martyr if you're going to have a kid. And I didn't, feel that way i saved my husband and i saved up a lot of money so that we could get a night nanny for that first two months so that we can enjoy the experience of having a newborn a little bit more and it was a game changer so people who are really really tired and um, not really thriving in the environment you know this was sort of an option that i could put out there like this is what i did and people were like oh i didn't even think that I could do that, or they felt guilty. It's always the guilt. It's always, am I a bad mom for not breastfeeding? Am I a bad mom for not waking up in the middle of the night? No, you gotta survive. Your kid's gonna be fine one way or the other. They're gonna be much happier if you're happy than having you scream at them at 2 a.m. because you're just overtired. So I did those couple of things and I didn't really have postpartum depression uh, until eight weeks. I slipped taking my daughter out of the tub. And I fell and I fractured my elbow. Ow. Yeah, it sucked. And my husband could only take an additional week off of work. So I was home with a nine-week old and a fractured elbow. And every time I picked her up, it hurt. And every time I fed her, it hurt. Every time I did anything, it hurt. And I was in pain for such a long period of time that it, it really prevented me from bonding with my daughter. It took a really long time because I just associated her with being in pain. Right. And the postpartum depression I got after that was world rocking. So I, I I fully understand people going through that experience. And I really desperately want to help moms through that. But I also want to teach them about the dangers of immediately getting on an antidepressant. Because I was put on uh, Zimbalta, which is duloxetine. And that is never a drug that should ever be prescribed for short-term issues and never for postpartum depression. It The withdrawal from, from that particular SSNRI took just about as long as being on it. And the withdrawal, withdrawal was so much worse than the depression ever was. I would have given anything at the time that I was withdrawing to feel the way I felt before I went on that medicine because it, it, it mimics mania and i've never experienced mania so i'm like what is going on and the doctors don't know about it because the pharmaceutical companies don't really tell them about it and so it's like this unspoken rule because when i put that story out there i was getting messages from people in droves talking about the experience specifically of effects are in Zimbalta and what it was like to withdraw from those from postpartum de- depression specifically and it was making the depression worse. It was making people suicidal. It was causing people to commit suicide. It, it's not, I, I think we're a little bit too quick to give out antidepressants. Um, not people need them hundred percent. I'm not against them, but I do think that if you're going to go on an antidepressant, the doctor has every right in the world to tell you what it's going to be like. If you need to switch or if you're going to go off of it at a certain point in time.
0: And in my opinion, anything that has severe withdrawal attached to it is not, is not a good thing for you to be, hanging around doing and stuff you know you've been you've been through the wars as it were Mm -hmm. with with so i can understand if you if you're sitting here going wait a minute christian you want to have another child
1: no (laughs) we're not having another (laughs) (laughs) no you know so i so we thought about it right we've talked about it i'm i'm 38 my husband's 43 if we wanted to have another kid it would have to be you know, fairly soon, right? It's not that you can't have kids in your forties. It's just, it gets a little bit harder, a little bit more complicated. Um, And we just decided that we have this one beautiful, perfect child that we love. And we have a happy little family. We can give her everything and all this attention. Another kid, I, I cannot see it adding anything, but only taking away from what we already have. And full stop, didn't enjoy the experience of having an infant enough to ever do it again.
0: Well, I'm good. And plus the fact that when you, if you were, if you and your husband were to have another baby, now he's 43, mm-hmm. he's 43. So it would be 44 or maybe 45 before the baby was born. So that means that when, when that child turns 20, he'll be my age. I'm far, far too old to have a 20 year old kid in my house. How
1: old are your kids? <laughs>
0: 30, 34 and 31.
1: Yeah, you know I love. I think medicine is incredible, and I love that um, people can have kids later and later. You know, there's something so beautiful about that. And everybody's decision is their own. I I offer no judgment. You want to have ten kids, do it. You want to have no kids, do it. It's it's your life. You have to be happy. You have to be truthful to who you are. And for me and my family, I I'm good. One is good. (laughs) She's per. She's good. (laughs)
0: oh oh, oh, yeah well and and her daycare is as much as my mortgage yeah (laughs) i can imagine i can imagine yes and so she's my ex-wife now so i can talk about her freely um but but it's like but children do something to a female body it's it's like uh you know every time she sneezes she pees and oh yeah i pee
1: myself yeah
0: you know and and so it 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 becomes it becomes tough, and you you're right. You need to live the, your life to make you. And you're you're such a vibrant soul and such oh, an um, energetic person. Are you are you back to work by the way?
1: Well, this is yeah. This is this my
0: is your job now. Yeah, I quit my full time
1: job in November of 2020. So I worked through that political cycle, and then I told my boss that I was taking time off. To be with my daughter, because
0: now I, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk about Fox News. But the, the, yours is a local affiliate, not the national. Yeah, yeah,
1: company. yeah. So the local affiliate, really cool. It's it, people were always a little bit uppity about it. Not uppity. Ooh, shoot, take that out. Bad word. Um, people <laughs> were a little bit. People were a little bit um, weird about it, right? Because they think Fox Fox News, and although we were owned by Fox Corporate, you have to follow the area and DC is a, you know, a fairly liberal area. You can't be super conservative. Nobody's going to watch your station. So it wasn't like that, but I did have a bunch of white male managers in their fifties and such who uh, said some things to me that made it very clear that I was like, I'm not working for you anymore. This is ridiculous. I believe the exact quote was, I asked for nine to five hours Cause I had eight thirty to five thirty, and I said, "Can I like have nine to five so I, c- I can pick my daughter up or drop her off at daycare? Cause either way, I can't do it." And he said, "No, we're not going to give you that." But I don't really think that's your problem. I think your problem is that now that you have a you know a family and a, and a child, you have to think about your priorities and your career and what that looks like. <laughs> and it went into my ear, and it hit this point in my brain where I said well, I'm going to make my exit plan then because this is not how we treat the people who bring life into this world. So I left you, in 2020 and focused on six school moms full-time, and so this is my my full-time job now.
0: Well, I'm so glad you're doing this because it's, okay. it is vital. It's very important for everybody because, yeah. I just, by the way, I cannot believe. Well, no, take that back. Take that back. Take it back because I do believe that there are men out there that do not value the contribution that women make to our society in total and that is just one of the reasons positive talk radio exists is because that is just r- 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 wrong you people are people and we all need to work together and you're, you're bringing people into the world and you're you're raising a kid and you're and so making a half hour we're talking we're not talking about you know going from graveyard to day shift taking somebody else's job we're talking about a half hour on either end that
1: yeah it was it was that was a choice that that he you know that they made and it just you know it's okay though because there are people who fit that environment and then there are people who don't and the favorite part is that everybody wound up working remotely because of the pandemic. So it didn't matter anyway. It's a kind of an old school corporate control mechanism that people aren't beholden to anymore because people have proven that they can work remotely. So you don't really need to be in an office. So I'll always be a remote company where I will never require anybody to come into an office. I'm not a butts in seats person. You get your job done and you pretty much won't you know, hear, hear from me. I just, I was never a person that liked working in a corporate environment. And it's probably because I don't like authority figures. So it's good I own my own company now. I don't have to answer to anybody but myself.
0: But okay, all- I like, got like told that once that I, it said, you're not a very good employee. Like-
1: <laughs> I wasn't a good employee. I actually very recently texted my old managers and apologized. Them. I said I was a pain in the ass. And I am truly sorry about that. Because I get it now. Because as I you know, have a huge team, it is really, really, really challenging to manage personalities of a bunch of different people. So I did apologize because I was like a pain in the pain in the ass. I was a talented employee, but I kind of just didn't want to be told what to do. And my mom agrees. <laughs> <You can't laughs> tell you what to do. I will say this, though, um, I'm not alone there. A lot of the women I talk to, and I have a really big subset of uh, moms in business. I have a business babes group. And so the best part of my community are the business moms, because those are the people that keep the community, all the communities thriving. Women in business have a vested interest in seeing a thriving community because it means that people have money to spend. If they have money to spend, they might spend it with them. So these women are really the, 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 biggest community builders. And they're so supportive and awesome. And I love them. But a lot of them worked corporate jobs until they had children and found that the corporate environment really is not set up for moms. Um, It's not set up well for women as a general (laughs) statement. But moms specifically, we're almost expected to work twice as hard as other people to prove that we're worth being there. And it doesn't make sense. Just because you have a kid doesn't mean that I have to have no like no understanding nothing. I have to be treated exactly the same as everybody else. That's not how you treat employees. That's not how you get the best out of, out of people. And I think that was a flawed thought process. And I think people are seeing that moms are just leaving. They just don't. They're starting their own jobs. Their companies. They're you know making their side hustles. Their main thing. They're being life coaches and their own marketing teams. Like people are just tired of women specifically. Are just tired of being told. Um, you're not doing enough. You need to do more and more and more. And then also be the keeper of the schedules and (laughs) all the doctor's appointments. And then make sure you go to the gym five days a week and drink eight glasses, eight, you know, eight glasses of water. You gotta
0: gotta look good too.
1: Yeah. It's a lot. It's kind of a lot of pressure all, all around, especially in the world of social media, which I work in where people do get caught like doom scrolling where they're just on their phone, just like looking at everybody's lives going by and feeling stressed out about it, (laughs) you know, feeling stressed out. Oh, why does this person look better than me? Or I keep getting targeted for weird ads, you know?
0: oh yeah well you know we we and we're going to talk about that next time i could go talk i could go on with you for for a couple hours so next time we'll <laughs> we'll do we'll do more you're going to come back on the show on uh, march 15th on mm-hmm. the kknw show sadly i've got to go do a show on kknw now but i really have enjoyed the time jenna i really you you are delightful you really
1: oh, kevin you're delightful
0: no, no, you're delight You're more you're, delightful.
1: You're, I gotta find out the celebrity you sound like. <laughs> He's from The Princess Bride. You have the same laugh.
0: Oh, not not the guy, not the short little guy that said. Uh, I don't think you know what that means. No, um, uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, it
1: is him, and you sound like him. <laughs> I swear to God, when I listened to your your trailer, I was like, Oh, did he get him to do that voiceover? But no, <laughs> it was you.
0: It was me? It was little old me? It's like inconceivable.
1: Perfect. I, my ringtone right now is John Cassier, the crib keeper. Best fifteen dollars oh. I've ever spent while while drunk. I will never change it. I do not care how unprofessional it is. It is the best voicemail. So maybe I'll have you do my next one, like the full Princess Bride.
0: I I would I'd love to. I I would love to. Awesome. Uh, Jenna, if somebody wants to contact you, they can get a hold of you through your website, which is
1: sixcoolmoms.com with two X's. You can also find me on Instagram, at Jenna Levine Liu and Six Moms, on Facebook, Six School Moms, Instagram, Six School Moms, TikTok, Six School Moms.
0: And if you want to listen to this show and watch it in in its entirety, if you missed any part of it, you can go to um, YouTube, uh, my, my, uh, positive talk radio. (laughs) Well, i've got two of them and and i just you know positive talk radio the youtube channel and you can and this will be up and you can listen to it in its entirety i expect to have a hundred thousand views by tomorrow morning because that's the group and okay I, no, no i'm just
1: kidding. i hope your ex-wife's vagina is back in working order i will be thinking about her
0: i don't think about that at all i have to <laughs> you.
1: I'm dead. all right have a good night
0: I, I will again Jenna Lou. thank you so much and you i i been, we, we're gonna play together this will be fun
1: it sounds unsettling
0: okay <laughs> it is unsettling i gotta tell you anyway so have a great night and i will talk to you soon and by the way everybody be kind to one another because each other's all we've got we'll see you next time Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.